0: Hello everyone and welcome to Talk Racing To Me, episode 25, looking back at the 145th Preakness. I'm your host, Naomi Tucker. The longest Triple Crown season has come to a close with quite the bang. Swiss Skydiver became the sixth filly to win the Preakness after the great Rachel Alexandra did so in 2009. It was my first ever Preakness. And I can assure all of you that this will be one that I will never forget. The whole week, the Maryland Jockey Club production team was on site getting all the footage, the works, interviews, every little bit of information that we could get our hands on. There were long days starting at 5.30am and being on air until the last, but it was so, so worth it. I'm pretty sure I'm still a little bit on that high as it was just so much fun sharing it with two amazing broadcasters and Acacia Courtney and Ashley Mayu made it even better. And of course our Maryland expert Stan Salter played a huge role as well. Part of the fun was that we got to see all the Preakness and Stakes horses on track in the morning including of course the stunning Swiss skydiver. I was already in love with her, having had the chance to get to know her up close the morning after she won the Alabama. So it was incredible to see her here again. Did I think this was deep water she was diving into? Absolutely. Am I over the moon with her and in awe? Absolutely. Correct again. This race, the second fastest Preakness after Secretariat, who posted a time of one fifty-three flat, Swiss coming in at 153 and 1 will go down as one of the greatest in history. The stretch battle between Swiss Skydiver and the Kentucky Derby winner Authentic was as good as they come. My heart rate was up, my voice started to go, all of it. I'm just so pleased to be joined by the man that was on board this filly. With trainer Kenny McPeak bestowing his confidence upon him as the jockey to get the job done. Dive in and enjoy as rider Robbie Alvarado and I dissect the race as well as all the events leading up to the 145th Preakness Stakes. Robbie, you won the Preakness on Swiss Skydiver, making her the sixth filly ever to beat the boys. Now, I spoke with you a couple of days later and my first question was the same as what I'm going to ask you now. Has it all sunken in yet? I can't
1: say, but I've watched the replay so many times. And it's exciting every single time. Like I'm talking, 54, 55 times, 60 times, maybe watch replay. And it's still exciting. It's so exciting. I'm mean, gonna so the whole week was just built up to it, and it was I couldn't believe it when we crossed the wire. Like she really beat them and she wanted to beat them And I was confident in every decision I made throughout the race. It was like it was, like it was meant to be. It was kind of meant to be. I, kind of, I think um, with all the, everything happened this year, the COVID-19 and all that, racing kind of needed something that way. I think need exciting, an exciting race like that to you know, get people back in racing.
0: Well, it feels like it's the the positive, the feel-good story of 2020, of Philly beating the boys against the odds. Uh, you were saying you were confident in the decisions you made in your race. Tell me about the race, because you did make a split-second decision on the backside to move her in between Thousand Words and Authentic. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what, made you make that decision how did you know when it was time to to go
1: well and i and i credit that 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 decision, the, the, the week before i was uh, there tuesday wednesday thursday and i got on her every day as you well know and every day she got better and better and better and more confident in where she was her surroundings where she was and so she went out there saturday she knew exactly what she had to do and where she was in the race where the track racetrack was so when I, when I made the decision it wasn't hard it was all within herself and my hands doing it and she did it really quick, really quick, and I was able to even give her a breather. I always knew authentic was going to be all the fence, whether it was turning for home, in the turn, the eighth pole. He always drifts off the fence, but I sure didn't think I'd be inside of him at that point in the race. And, and it, it was just a, it was a sprint from the 3 eighth pole home, and I tell you, she was determined. She was determined to win. And um, I was a couple points in the race, I was surprised that, like, uh, uh, Brian as on Art Collector, I was kind of surprised he didn't take the spot that I, I eventually got there, but he was looking like he didn't have it, nearly the horse I had, and uh, obviously he couldn't get as quick as I did. And our collector trained beautifully all week. I thought he was kind of intimidating the way he was training, but when I got in there, she swelled up and she's like, "Bring it on!" And she she like she was ready for that.
0: Was it the game plan to have her in that garden spot uh, behind the two or the eventual two leaders?
1: Well, me and Kenny talked about it all week. He says, uh, Let's just clip off 12, 12, 24, 48, wherever she may be, let's do that. So uh, we got the 12, the 24, and the four, and then like the 47, almost 40. And then at that point, she was letting me indicate that she was she can do more, she's ready to do more. And like, it was like a morning gal for her. When she got through there, she looked Authentic in the eye and knows that. So, like I said, I, I, I was going to be inside of Authentic, whether it was turning for home, three or that was my whole plan. And he wasn't going to come off the fence. But I anticipated that early. And when they just handed it to me, I mean, I could have sat back and just conceded the race to Authentic or just wait till something unfold. But at that point, he'd have backed up, come over a little bit in the turn, and we'd all watched him go on and win. But I, I had to make a conscious decision at that point. I can go now. It's now or never. So I made the point to go. And if I got beat, I'd have been, it'd have been the worst ride in history. Well, unfortunately, the filly she was, she made everyone look good, so.
0: She definitely did that basically on her character. It felt like it was such a gutsy heart effort, as in she decided he wasn't going to get by her.
1: Oh, yeah, and it, it was, because, like, four jumps from the wire, Johnny, you know, he's telling me, oh, he knew he wasn't going to have me. He's talking to me. He knew he wasn't going to get to me. So it was, it was kind of and, uh, so much, so much involved in this race, even, like, say, the fastest time. So the second chariot was 1973, the year I was born, fastest time in Preakness history. And I had Curlin, who I rode Curlin in 2007, had the second fastest time. And now Swiss Skydivers had so, the second and third fastest time in Preakness. Both horses bought by Kenny McPeak. He bought them both at the sale. And then Johnny, Johnny, me and Johnny, we've been competitive throughout the last 25, 30 years. And uh, he, uh, I just reminded him about when he beat me on the Philly in the Belmont. I was on a little horse called Curlin, and he was on a little horse called Rags to Riches. And I'm still not over it, but I think it was kind of redemption from that standpoint, if you want to say it. So, yeah, he beat me kind of the same way too.
0: Very close margins. You were saying you guys were talking during the race,
1: like right before the wire. How, like, how
0: often do you talk, and what was said?
1: Oh, back before the wire, he knew we was gonna get by me, so it was, it was all fun. It was all in fun, but just like before the race, leading up to it, I said Johnny because he does the only race he hasn't won. Johnny's won every single race in the country, but the Preakness. He so he's been saying, I nailed him a not know why once before. And I said, well, Ricky your main today. And I know beating him. So it was kind of like, it was, it, was, it was fun. I had a great time. It was an amazing time. You know, just all the players surrounding it. It's the whole week. The whole week, the morning works and everything, just being back there, like seeing you guys, lining all the works up. And I don't get, never get to see that part of it. We just show up on Saturday and ride and go home. But that was a fun experience. And seeing Baffert talking about different derbies and pregnancies he was in. And it was fun. So I did, guys, tell, I did see Brody, his son, after the race. And we talked about the race a little bit. And he says, why don't you ride Authentic next time? I says, you should go tell your mom right now. Tell her <laughs> that, that you want me on Authentic next time. It was kind of fun. It was fun. It was just fun the whole weekend. It was fun.
0: It truly really was a team effort. You guys were it seemingly together 24-7. And I heard from Kenny that this was sort of part of his Game plan for you riding her to really get to know her like that. Uh, how did you respond to that? Because that's obviously maybe a bit an unusual request for a jockey, right?
1: Well, yes, yeah, I haven't galloped the horse. I can't tell the last time, 10, 15 years I have actually jogged or galloped the horse around there. But her is like, she has, she's so nice to get on. She's so sweet to be on that I actually got on at Churchill Islands the, uh, the day before she got on the plane to come here. And then she, was to- she went totally different. I mean, she has a funny way of going, you know. That's just her mind that she does that. Got around run there great. So my first morning at-, at Pimlico, I said, I was like, please go good. Please go good. All the cameras on. And, man, she knew where she was here for the whole way around. She knew what she was there for. She wanted to show off. And that's just her, man. It was, it was good. And it-, it was a big part of me making that conscious decision on getting in there because I got confident just being on her for those four days. Every day, more and more confident in her. And then watching the other horses train I mean, they looked good, but I'm like she looks better. She's doing better. The only she time she'd get pissed, the only time she get pissed is she wasn't the first one walking around the show at 6 o'clock in the morning. She'd get pissed about that. That was it. She wanted to be out there first every single morning.
0: It's also very clever because you mentioned that she takes everything in. She looks around. Uh, what is she like to sit on? Uh, she looks like she's a, a nice filly that does work with you.
1: All oh, she does, with, with just whatever you want. I mean, from the morning gallops to the jogs, and I mean, you obviously you heard, but you, I don't think you saw, but when the camera people was crossing the track in that morning, they stayed in the middle. Didn't bother her whatsoever. I was curious to see, whether that would have been authentic? That He's kind of a little hyper going horse. He might have jumped the outside fence. Who knows? Or oh, That could have been her, but she handled like a professional. Squealed coming back that morning like she was happy. She didn't know, didn't care. She didn't care what went on. There's a uh, pretty special moment with her. Moving forward, uh, she came back good. She came back today, I guess, in, in Louisville. Moving forward, I'm sure she's going to just take it all in stride. I can't say she was tired because she really wasn't tired. That's kind of like you can't say that and disrespect to everybody else in the race, but she really wasn't tired.
0: You think she could have gone around again and beat them all again?
1: I know i going around again, but she knew where the wire was. And she, when I relaxed on her, she relaxed and she walked back. She knew she won. She definitely knew she won. 'Cause she got back, bounced around just enough to let she looked around the crowd. Total professional. I mean I've 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 watched Racer Alexander run, race against her. She was hyper and did this and the dad that trained train with the pony a little bit and we watched those feelings like them and but she was she's uh uh Square was just uh, I mean it's a total package. She's a total package.
0: You briefly mentioned the little sort of um Camera people on track incident. For those who don't know, what happened?
1: Well, it was a local, it was a local, uh, uh, local channel uh, radio team that were, was crossing the track. It was six, six, ten in the morning, six fifteen, and I jogged her own way and I started her. The first round was good. The second time, Kenny said, "Let her out a little bit down the stretch. Just not much. Just let her stretch her legs out." So she picked it up, picked it up, and she threw her as far as she saw something and made me like really pay attention. And I could see a camera that was filming the ground, actually the mud. I don't know what they were doing. So I hollered lightly. Hey, hey, hey. And I got, I got like 10 feet from before they actually ducked under the rail. I mean, it was really, it was a, I'm like, that could have been bad. That could have been really bad. I mean, she could have jumped, ducked, jumped the fence or prop, threw me off. I don't know. Just, it was just a, but she handled it so good. And the security went down and I guess, uh, talk to the camera people, but I, surely, I said, surely people who don't know a horse racing. Because one, they wouldn't have been on the track. So I think Acacia was kind of like, she was fired up too about it. And I, what were they thinking? I really think, but it was fun. It was I'm glad we got around there. Yeah,
0: because this was the Friday morning, the day before the
1: previous. Yes, it was, yes, yes. It was the day before. Yeah, it was the day before. That was her last time at the track before, because she didn't go to the track Saturday. It was, it was important too that we got that in. You know, it was like the little. Let her see the stretch, let her see the wire and run to the wire. Well, she saw the wire pretty much. She saw camera people at the wire, but she handled it. She handled it well. She handled it well.
0: And so Kenny decided for her to kind of stretch out a little bit that day before. Is that sort of normal? And was that, did she feel good doing that?
1: Yes, she did. Like I said, every day was better and better. And I felt her Thursday. When I got on Thursday, she was wanting to do a little more. So King just gradually got into her with her. And then he said, Thursday, when you turn from home, kind of, three is pull, pick it up, turn for home, just let her stretch her legs out a little bit. I mean, not a two-minute leg, but just let her, let her do what she wants to do a little bit. But I really could not do what she wanted because she wanted to take off. But And I was excited. I turned around, she squealed and kicked a little bit, which she hadn't done all week. She squealed, kicked a little bit, and then jogged back. She was jogged back, walked around. I might have walked her a time or two around there. I was excited. I even came back in the afternoons to, for the feed time with her. And she was just like she was in the morning, but I told Kenny, I said, when you walk a Friday afternoon after I got on a Friday, I said she'll pull today. She even pulled walking after that afternoon. So she was, she all systems were like she's ready, she's ready. I and mean, Kenny had you know everything was in sync with me and Kenny that week. We agreed on all the same things with her, and and everything was kind of in sync. We didn't have a you know a, a disagreement about oh I think we should do this or this, and like even the race part of it, she'll be far. Like just don't. Don't make her, don't overdo anything with her. Try to get 12. If she gets 12, 12, 12 throughout the race, she's going to sprint home. And that's what she did. That's basically what she did.
0: Now, this is obviously, I, I'm not a jockey, so I don't know exactly what goes on in during the race. But if you're saying you wanted to try and do 12, 12, 12, but you were behind thousand words, what if there wouldn't have been room to kind of slide up? What if he would have, you know, come back and you were stuck?
1: Well, at that point, at that point, thousand words was was on the fence and staying on the fence. I'm sure he had probably had strict instructions not to let anybody through. I mean, that's, if I was a training, I said I have done, and just watch authentic. I was surprised to actually see them together going around the first turn. So one of them had to either do it. I know, and I know they wanted uh, authentic up there running freely. So and and I watched the art collector was right here. So I said, I only have like two two or three strides. to her to get in there, or I can ease her back, and will be like conceding to the champ or like. I mean, I, didn't, I'm, and I, I just wrote like I wasn't afraid to lose. I mean, I had nothing, we had nothing to lose. I mean, this guy, a girl against the boy. So she lost I me. Mean, like, oh, well, she didn't beat the boys. But if I get in there and she wins, then it's, 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 a, it's a historical race. And that's what it ended up being. Like, but I had the confidence in her that she could do it from that point home. When I got in there, Johnny really didn't apply a lot of pressure to her. I mean, he got on want to turn it home and they But at that point, Johnny didn't really, like, get on top of her and make her go any faster. And hindsight, watching the replay, I was sitting for a long time, and Johnny started scrubbing a little bit. He actually started whipping Authentic way before I did. I mean, I hit her one time, I think. I only hit her one time, but she was giving her all anyway. She was giving everything she had.
0: She doesn't need that um, encouragement with the whip to go.
1: I didn't think so. I didn't think at all. I watched a lot of her replays, and she was in front of uh, actually she was in front of art collectors to the A pole or inside the A pole. At Keeneland here when she first and uh, first uh, first time against the boys, and if Mike was hand rider, and then finally she uh, she gave in to him late in the race, but and Mike hit her a few times, but she I think she gives her all without even having to, to abuse her or anything like that or whip her even. And I, I did, I think Mike hit her one time left handed, but it wasn't that hard. She kind of ducked out a little bit, and then that was it, that was enough.
0: You're saying that Johnny wasn't putting that much pressure on you, but it, in the last furlong, you guys were. You know hip to hip quite close to get it. Did you move it into him a little bit to put some pressure yeah, on yeah. him?
1: If you watch the replay, when I, when I pulled the stick out left that hand, that's when she ducked out a little bit and Johnny got it in, which is just fine. It was all safe, safe. It was kind of race riding, but we can go back to curling and to riches and he got the, the same thing when <laughs> he beat me that day. So, uh, it's uh, he, Johnny's great, he's one of the greatest. Uh, and if we do stuff, if we do things, it's, it's really safe and it's all. You go, go back to Easy Gore Sunday Salads in the Preakness. They were looking the same exact way. And I seen Pat Day yesterday at a golf tournament and he says, I pulled his head out, Easy Gore's head out, just to try to do anything to to get back in front of him. So it was, you know, at that point, you're thinking you have it's, the wire's coming fast. Pimlico's not a long stretch. And but she was determined. I feel like if we would have went to another wire, she just still would have been in front.
0: Talking about some of the greats of the sport, Pat Day, and, of course, Johnny Velasquez, I wholeheartedly agree with you what a phenomenal rider he is. At The Wire, did you know you got it? Because I thought we, oh, yeah. we could all see you guys who were like, yes, I've got it. But it, it was still quite close.
1: No, no, I knew I had it, yeah. I knew I, knew I won. I mean, it's like like, uh, and he knew I won too, but uh, actually my race with Curlin was even closer than that. And the race I got beat in, in Belmont Park was closer than that too. But, uh, you know, I've ridden 33,000 races, so... You kind of, it's, it's a um, uh, it's kind of peripheral vision where you can kind of see the wire, you can see this horse here, and actually, you know, three jumps from the wire. I knew three jumps from the wire, I was gonna win, okay. Yeah, he didn't get by me at that point, he wasn't gonna get by me at all because he was that determined, also. So, yeah, if we'd have stopped at three jumps, three jumps after the wire, she still would have hung on.
0: I love that knowing three jumps from the wire, you're gonna get because I've, I've heard stories. you know you're trying to time it as well that you know the nose down is on the wire in case you're that close but can you really time that
1: yeah no well i feel like oh it's a great time ride but when it's like that i don't think you're actually timing it uh and and the whole thing like the whole like whipping the horse inside the 16th pole at that point i don't think you're going to make up that much ground by whipping him so i kind of hand wrote her in the last but i think johnny did too right hand wrote his horse in but then i bite you by that point Especially these classic races, you know, there nobody's gonna make up that much ground inside there. But she's a champion, man. She's such a she's such a a determined. Like she's so cool. I'm a big fan. I'm a I'm a huge fan of her. And I've been around her before. Never been on until last week. I watched her in all her races, and she's 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 such a professional about everything, man. She's rare. She's a rare bird. She's rare.
0: You and me both are huge fans of her. I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions still from before the race. Um, I remember talking with Kenny McPeak about selling her outside. She was one of three horses to saddle outside. The rest was all inside. So it was just her live your beast life and art collector on the turf standing there. And I remember discussing with Acacia the preliminaries. And she said that Swiss Skydiver got a tiny bit more active. She was just looking around a little bit more nervous than what I anticipated and what Kenny thought she would do. Kenny was saying, oh, she's going to stand super still then she looked really quiet again when you were on board and she was with the pony. Was she a tiny bit worked up on the turf?
1: Well, right when, we, right when I got on the band, a band started playing right there, and she got a little worked up. Not too bad. They we turned around, and jogged her off, and galloped her. She got she got hotter. She got lathered up on her shoulders a little bit. So I didn't do a whole lot with her. Tried to keep her quiet, but I paid attention to make sure she wasn't too quiet. I wanted somewhat alert so she could leave, and hopefully I could take the spot of our collection spot. I wanted our collection spot. If I, if I squeezed our collector, leave him there, you'll see it. I came over a little bit, but my intentions were not to make him suck out. I wanted him to 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 ride it, ride him a little more to, to expedite the pace a little bit. And I figured if I did that, make him hurry, ride him a little more to, to get in front of me. But he didn't. He took back and went around. So I was kind of stuck. Like I'm looking like I could have been in front. I'm thinking like, man, somebody pleasing a boat when they see bad for horses clear. I'm like, well, this is good. This is fine. And she's pulling. I know we we're going slow too because she was like right on him, like ready just pulling up to let me know she's there so it was
0: uh, did you see that everybody's the, yes, the head cam race yes i did i cool. did that but you cool. didn't even look at johnny though you were just focused riding right your race you were just straight on just driving yeah i
1: guess that's where that peripheral vision comes in i could see i could see him right here right next to me the whole way right right next to me and I was like, it was it was pretty cool
0: incredible It was, it was really.
1: Ex- i think excited. i i'm getting excited talking about it actually it was know, uh, I watched the replay, and the, you have two versions. of had Lara Comus's call, and they're both almost identical, the, the coma like, when she moved early. Squish Diver moves clearly on it. So it was like, and, it, and then uh, the track announcer at Pimlico was like, when well, he said, the Philly, the Philly's going to lead him home. It's, it's going to be a, a, a battle in Baltimore. My favorite call, I mean, a battle in Baltimore. Like, man, like I get the goosebumps thinking about that. Because I've seen so many previous, I've been involved in so many previous that were just like that. And when it involves the, the Derby winner, you know, it's it's kind of fun. It's it's kind of cool. Like even any horses, any weather. I mean, previous horses. But the Derby winner's there. It's like everybody's watching. It's like, and for a to do it, she gained so many more fans by doing that. Well, she my put, Twitter account's blowing up too.
0: Good, good. Kenny McPeak got you the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were all discussing it in the morning, weren't we? You need to get. Yeah,
1: more- no, I gotta get a Twitter account. Gotta get a Twitter account. I a Twitter account. Well, Kenny, I had it before. No, you gotta get a Twitter account. So it's just crazy now. It's crazy now. So
0: Well, we've all loved Kenny's videos of Swiss on Twitter, just you know, walking her around, how she's dragging him around, basically dominating everyone and everything. Everything goes her way, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's all I told Bob Bafford also. I says, Man, you better check out Tony because he's everywhere time she goes by he stares at her all the way down there, all the way. So I said they're all stared at her, they all looked at us, knew she who she was. It was fun. I would take that week back for it. It was really one of my favorite weeks the whole week. It was fun.
0: Well, it will be a race that goes down as probably one of the greatest preakness in history. The fact that it was the second fastest in history, an incredible battle between the Philly and the Kentucky Derby winner, this race gave us so much more than we all thought it would. So I feel like I was very fortunate that this was my first breakness and I got to ex- yes. the chance to experience it with you all. But just quickly, again, going back before, I just have so many questions about all the preliminaries. Um, you, We discussed this briefly before we started um, recording, is how you actually got the ride. You were saying you were helping Kenny out with a couple of two-year-olds that day.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh- for the last couple of months, I've been helping Kenny out. Like I told you earlier, I love riding two-year-olds. And uh, Kenny's always got some nice two-year-olds. He's going to have an Oaks Philly next year, I'm sure, a Derby. So uh, I've been helping Kenny out. And uh, he actually called me about a horse I worked that morning. And he was so disappointed that he didn't actually find out directly from the other jockey's agent that he didn't have a rider. Someone else called. So he don't have a rider in the pregnancy. So at the time, I was on his mind, I guess, because I just worked on for him. He says, "You know what?" He says, "You got any calls uh, Saturday?" I says, "I got a few calls." He says, "I'm either running the pregnancy or the uh, or the steak at King, the Great One and King." He says, "But uh, I'm gonna call Mike Smith. He's got he's got, I'm gonna give him this amount of time. He was he was uh, had prior commitments in California, so he says, all right, pack your things. We're leaving tomorrow, 4:40 flight to Baltimore.' So that's what I did. It was it was that that simple. It was like, and what a, what a treat it was! What a phone call it was! It was, it was great." I mean, you know, you don't every day get a call that you're gonna ride a Swiss skydiver. It's one of the best three year old Philly in the country. It's like you don't get that often. But you know, I've never been out with Kenny though. Like he's always put me on a horse here and there. I've won million dollar races for Kenny, Kenny already, Ray ones. But I've never been completely we always had communication. He values my opinion on what I think about horses and you know, so and it was a fun week. I was at his hip all week. We went to breakfast together, we went to lunch together, we went to dinner, they're in the same place every night. We made a lot of good friends at the uh uh, my Washington Tavern. I've been to that
0: place too.
1: <laughs> and I, I asked them why Carolyn's picture not on the wall in there. So now they're gonna have a picture of me now, so Swiss guy, I was gonna be on the wall, so it'd be fun.
0: Well, you guys were practically dating then the whole week.
1: <laughs> it was a, it was a bromance. It was a little bromance, yeah. I would say that. <laughs> but you know, we, we got to talk about a lot of things, like, you know, just not only horse things, personal things, and it was a. Kenny's a sharp. Heart. We had to we went to Timonium, look at some babies. This morning looking babies. He he told me what he likes about the horses and babies, what he doesn't like, and and it was it was good. Like I said, we we was on the same page the whole week, and I think we were uh, both uh, equally confident going into it. Like we both loved the way she was training and and loved their ability and how the race would unfold. We thought we had. I had I had audibles. If this didn't happen, I'd do this that. You know. So and my one of my audibles it didn't it didn't. I didn't write up that I was going to make a move at the 5-8 between the 4.5. I didn't say that, but fortunately it worked out to our benefit, though, that way. We got the jump on our authentic and everything. I think even Baffert said, yeah, you know, Philly got the jump on us, and at every point I thought we'd get by. He said, at every point we thought we'd get by, and we didn't, so it's been great.
0: It well, definitely worked out well for you guys. You mentioned that Swiss Skydiver just arrived back in Kentucky. Have you had a chance to, to go and see her yet?
1: No, because uh, well, actually, the plane was delayed to coming back here, so she just got back. She got back yesterday. I'm sorry, she got back yesterday, and I was I was in I was in Lexington here, so I didn't get a chance to see her yet. I don't know if she's going to go to uh, stay in Lovor, go to Kenny's farm in uh, Lexington here, or I don't quite sure what Kenny's going to do with her, but I'm sure I'll see her in the next couple of days.
0: Of course, only a couple of weeks until the Breeders' Cup, and Kenny mentioned. British Cup disc staff, British Cup classic. Uh, I got the chance to speak with him the morning after, and he said, I think she's better over the mile and a quarter of the classic distance. But then I also uh, read somewhere else that the disc staff seems like the more logical option. Uh, how would you feel about both races? What do you think suits her best?
1: Well, I feel, well, Kenny's, and this is total speculation, and I don't know what Kenny thinks, but I feel like from my standpoint, uh, she wins the Distaff. staff, I don't really appreciate her value by all means. It's, uh, if she loses this staff, it will depreciate her value and maybe uh, uh, jeopardize her being three-year-old filly of the year, so-and-so on. But if she runs in the Classic, I mean, it's the, it's the Breeze Cup Classic. Uh, if she, she wins, she's amazingly the best best filly. Um, I'm not going to compare it to Liginiata or something like that, but, you know, she's going to be special. If she loses, you know, she lost the Bridge Cup Classic against the boys, so it won't dep- depreciate her value, but I'm not thinking that she's going to lose. I'm not, by all means, saying she's going to lose, but I think uh, the reward would be running the Classic, but that's entirely up to Kenny. He can enter in both of them and see how the race unfolds in that, so uh, I think that's what he may do, but it's, I'm just a jug It's entirely up to them how they do it. I know Baffer's going to have probably four in the Classic, so he might just throw four. four. Maybe i throw another one in there. Who knows? <laughs> Try to beat her, but
0: It would be an absolute treat to see her take on the boys yet again in the Classic. I mean, if that, to me, if she does that and and ends up winning that, Horse of the Year by far, and just writing history.
1: Oh, absolutely. Say uh, say she runs in the Distaff. I think I'm I'm on Brody's side. Brody said I should write Authentic. I think I should write Authentic in the Classic. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking with that, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Kenny's doesn't know how she's training. Like I said, I'm probably gonna get on her a couple of few times before then. I want to get on her actually to, to kind of see how she's doing compared to last week. So uh, it's gonna be fun, fun week weeks in uh, the coming at Keeneland here.
0: You're back at Keenan now, of course, very different from all the excitement leading up to the Preakness. But you were saying you had been working two year olds for Kenny. Uh, are there any ones that we should be looking out for that are coming up soon?
1: Oh man, Kenny has so many of them over there, it's so fast. You know, say like, I just go like sires now. I say Kenny was a sire this one, but he's no Kenny. You know, he picks a really good horse. He picks a really good horse, and nobody, it's no secret. Like he actually bought Curlin. He's bought Einst, horse Einstein, who I wrote one great ones on. He picks a really nice horse, and and he's known for that. So and he confidently does it. So for your bargain for the price, he never looks to the sale topper. I mean, he bought her for thirty five thousand dollars, and look who she is now. So. uh yeah, he's a, he's a smart guy. You know, he's a smart guy. He does things right. And like I said, me and him got a good little relationship going. We always had a good relationship, but this is by far one of our one of my favorite moments, for sure. I mean, I've won Preakness uh, before. I've won Breeders' Cup races. I've won the Breeders' Cup Classic before. And I've won many great ones, but this one here raced at the top of them all.
0: Well, it must be, of course, second fastest in history in the fact that you rode. Curlin, who is now the third fastest preakness in history. What what does that mean to you? That's, a, that's an incredible feat. Oh, uh,
1: so Barbara Banke, uh, Stone Street owner of Stone Street, Mr. Jackson's wife, who owned Curlin, yeah. she texted me, congratulations. I said, yes, she's a special filly. I said, uh, she was bred to Cur- Curlin when she retired. And Barbara said, that would be amazing. I said, I'd have to ride that baby. I'd have to ride that baby. It would definitely be a chestnut with a white face for sure. And you have to, you'd have to call it uh Prignis. Mr. Prignes. That baby would come out of cold.
0: Oh wow. Hold on if it's another chestnut, we do know chestnut uh, Maris mares can be quite tricky and safe to say Swiss Skydiver has a strong character.
1: Yeah, she has a very, very I don't I mean Carolyn had a strong character too, so I don't know if they'd actually get along. They would be a, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a struggle getting in trying to mate.
0: I mean, we might get have superstar on our hands though, wouldn't we?
1: Yeah, you never know. You never know about that. It'd be huge. It'd be a huge baby, that's for sure.
0: Going into the, the Breeders' Cup, so, of course, we are hoping to see her back there. Fingers crossed everything is going to go well leading up to it. Running from the backyard, basically, at Keeneland, is it going to be a similar week as here at Pregnancy that you're going to just get on her every morning again?
1: Oh, am I getting on her? Just so, like I said, even whether it's the last week leading up to her, I'm sure I'm going to work her, Breezer. But to get on a jogger and gallop around there I wouldn't mind doing it with her because I't know where she's at and for my own confidence like getting on her over there would we'll do tons of good for her. like if she's doing as good as she is was Friday before the pregnancy i I'd, I'd I'd be worried if I was the rest of them because she's man she's something special she is special she knows it that's the best part she knows it she knows she's good and she's humble about it though she don't like she just looks around she knows that they're looking at her.
0: She knows she's special. Well, hopefully, no camera crew crossing the track on the table. That will happen
1: here in Kentucky. Promise you, that will happen here in Kentucky. <sighs> yeah, it's either college football, or horse racing, in Kentucky. That's all you get.
0: Talking a little bit about your career itself, your great one victory aboard Swiss Skydiver was your first since twenty seventeen, as well as your first graded stakes win of twenty twenty. And of course, as a jockey, we've seen this many times before that you know business kind of goes up and down. But what was it like for you, you know, to kind of get put back into the spotlight again here and and be associated with a fitty like this?
1: You know, it felt better than a lot of them. It felt better than most of them, actually. But it was before uh, the week started, Jerry Bailey texted me. He says, oh, man, you ready for this? You up for this uh, weekend? I said, and I texted back, yes, older, man, I am. I'm always ready for these. So uh, it worked. uh, So when you hear guys like that say, you know, it was a great ride, like Pat said, it was a good ride. Craig Parrett called me, said, "Man, that was a good ride, Rob. You know, it was like he was the difference there. It makes you feel good. Gives you a little more confidence about, you know, I never lost confidence in my ability. You just lose, you lose, you lose the power, of the horses. You know, you lose your quality of horses. And like when, when uh, you're not winning. Obviously, it doesn't matter how, what have you, what have you done for me lately? When you're not winning, people look at that like, oh, he's in a slump. He's not riding good. You just don't ride the good horses. You know, give them the opportunities. That's when Kenny stepped in and gave me a, a huge opportunity, and I just made the best of it." I mean, I make sure I was fit. I was ready. I mean, I checked, checked, checked off all the cues that I needed to be. I need to do this, I need that. Cause I've done it before. So, like, that's what I used to do. So I just did.
0: Has there ever been a time that when it wasn't, you weren't getting on those big horses that you, you know, you doubt yourself or you think maybe I should be hanging up my boots or has that never really occurred?
1: You know, no, I, I, I knew it was, uh, you know, but then, but you have jockeys the same age still competing, in this, not the same level, but like Johnny V. Johnny, me, Johnny V started this. I'm not comparing myself to Johnny because he's great, but we're the same age. He's a year older than me. Like, he's still competing on that level. It's just like, you do doubt yourself, I guess, a little bit, but I knew I wasn't riding the right horses. And some of my better rides the last couple of years, I finished third or fourth. Like, man, I rode a good race here, but nobody sees him or nobody cares about it you, unless you're winning. Unless you're winning. So, and it, it was, listen, there were some down moments, but and I believe them. I still believe in myself and my ability. And now I'm pretty. I've been very, very fortunate throughout my career to, to be able to ride the horses I've ridden. And there's a few handful of guys that they never ride me. They don't owe me anything because they've been they've been uh, intricate in my career. They've helped out quite a bit. So they don't have to put me on horses. Which is like, man, why don't I ride for that guy? Everybody said, why are you don't ride for that guy anymore? I says well, I don't have to ride for the guy. He's been very, very helpful in my career. So, but hopefully now it maybe open up some other doors and. Right, a great one here or there. You never know. I love that stage. I love that stage, man. Like, driving there Saturday, I don't speak to anyone. I like get in this little zone. It's my own little personal zone I get into. Like, you know, I, I skid in there and I, folks zone in. Other race days, but not like I do on those kind of days.
0: So instead of getting nervous, you just get more focused?
1: Oh, I do get nervous. Because if, if you're not nervous, you're not ready. I mean, you're not ready for the, like, If you're not nervous, it means you don't have a chance. If you're nervous, you're ready. You you have a chance to win. If you did, if I was 150 to one, I mean, you're not you. Well, you expect you don't expect to win, so you're not nervous. When you ride someone like her, you know you're nervous. You want everything to go right. Out. I remember loading in the in the in the Dubai World Cup uh, with curling. He's won the nine six million dollar races, like, but like, whatever. Happens, just don't let it be me. If he gets beat, just don't let it be me. That messed up, you know. Like, you crack, hold your stick real tight. And then when they break open the gates, it's all its all natural. It all You all forget about everything you thought about, but riding a good race. Being not afraid to lose. Um, I've always ridden where I'm not afraid to lose a race. And it's worked out to my benefit quite a bit.
0: When the gates open, is it just you and the horse, that's it?
1: Oh, that's it. It's me and her. It was, it was just it's me and her. And the, first, first, the first thing you always want to do is leave well. And she left extremely well, and that was perfect. I was gonna go left a little bit, squeeze, and then come back out. But it was it was just me and her. And like I said, it felt like a morning me galloping in the morning, all around the first turn. I felt like I was just galloping her. She was doing it so easy. And when you see it, when you see Grade One horse, struggling. I'm like, well, here's this. I said once I got inside, I took a hold down. I'm like, this might be fun. Three is pole. She's still uncontested. From like, she might win. And then Eighth pole, I'm like, she's gonna win. She's gonna win. And I pulled up. I'm like. I can't believe this. This is kind of surreal,
0: right?
1: And if it wasn't the Derby Derby champion, would I felt different? Probably so. But you just beat the Kentucky Derby winner, or the Philly, and she did it convincingly. Like, like wasn't getting past her. That was that was surreal to me. It was surreal. Yeah, surreal.
0: Do you talk to her when you ride her?
1: Uh, in the first turn I did because she was getting ranked. She wanted to run over the top of them. Like they were going slow, at twenty four. That's a almost a trap for her. I'm like, so I was so a mama like, Oh Mama, was like, oh wait, wait, my hope. And just and she relaxes well and the backside I'm like, here you go. And I didn't talk to her after that. And let like, her do her thing. Stay out of her way. Stay out of her way. So I let her do her thing,
0: let her know she was right. And she was. You were a passenger and she took you there.
1: Yeah, she, I was I at one point I just shoved her in there and it wasn't a lot of encouragement to get in that spot and she did it. She did it really easy. I'm like, oh, she robbed me back and I just sat off against her. And I was just determined she was going to win from the 3 is Paul Home, but she's going
0: to win. We've highlighted it before. You've won the biggest races on the world stage: Dubai World Cup, Breeders' Cup Classic. How high does this moment stack up? If you have to rank them, like a top three, what would be your top three?
1: Well, considering considering the way the year's been for the world, with the COVID nineteen, and and, and this, kind of the slump I've been in the last couple of years, not riding the quality of horses and stuff. Uh, this ranks right up top. This ranks right up top. With, uh, I mean, Curlin winning the, the the World Cup and the class, the way he was managed by Steve Asmussen was brilliant. Was brilliant. He had him ready for these t- these certain races that were just um, amazing how he did it. And he had the Steve had the confidence in me to you know to, to pile him around. Very minimal instruction Steve gave me throughout his career, and I felt like that alone gave me so much more confidence on riding them kind of horses and uh. So, uh, but winning with her, everything considering was, uh, I mean, it was, you know, I got emotional uh, through the, the post the post interviews when the case asked me how big it was, you know, how did I get the mount? You know, Kenny believed, you know, Kenny, one person believed in me and confidently believed in me. He probably got a lot of backlash. Why are you putting riding in the horse? Why are you putting Rive in the horse? He believed in me and my, my, my ability to, to get the job done. And we're friends we've always been good friends and and that that was meant a lot to me also you know to ride on that level and older peter callahan also called me and he says before i believe in you i'm glad you're on the horse you know and i'm so happy for you that you're riding for us and i mean he's a class acting himself you know so the whole team was it was a big team effort
0: so that would be first well what, what race would be second and third
1: Oh, I mean, obviously my first race I won, it was all, my first race when I was 16 years old professionally, but I guess the, uh riding Mineshap was a pretty special moment for me too, it was my first big horse, my first big horse I've had on on that stage, he was so dominant throughout his career, and then horse of the year, he was horse of the year, and so he was, then I, then I took for granted that I'll get another one like him, it took till curling, till I found another one like him, so that's when I learned that I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna enjoy this ride with curling. Like, don't take it for granted. Like, they don't, they far and few. They breathe different air. They breathe the same air that uh, Swiss Guy skydiver breathes. It's different. I can't explain it. But it's different air they breathe. And uh, so, all my I guess my 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 year and a half with my shaft, and my two years with curling probably to, you know. I can't handpick a race uh, that was stands out because they're all they're all really good. Um, but uh. But no, just I would say probably the World Cup was kind of a, uh, you know, just being there and that everyone just knew he was the horse, uh, the, the 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 champion. He got the, they all called him champion. Was probably the the World Cup, probably there and Mother Preenus win. But I don't know, it's just hard to pick the It's hard. It's going to be hard. To, hard to, uh, to the, the hardest thing for me now is going to be trying to compare new Phillies to her. I mean, it's like, well, she knows Swiss skydiver. I could see myself saying that over and over again. Like, well, she knows Swiss skydiver, so I wouldn't go there. You know, I wouldn't do that with her. But, but it rates, it rates way up there. Just the way I felt. Like, I want, I want to like, I want to be, I want to be a, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say the word. I want to say this in the most humbling, humility, humility I mean, way I can, and say that I told y'all I still got it in me to do this. You know what I'm saying? Is that right? I mean, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but I want to say, like, man, I told you I could still I could still do this on this level, but and I, but I just don't want to come off the wrong way by saying that. It's like, it took Kenny McPete to give me a chance to do that. It was, you know, just one guy. And I tell my kids, all that you need one person to believe in you, and that's all it takes sometimes. Because I mean people, they don't believe anyone, uh, you know, and that's the downfall of most athletes and everything. No one believes them anymore, but it just takes one person to believe in you, and that's all it takes. Kenny was the one. Kenny was the one who, you know what? I'm picking you. So could have picked anybody. I mean, he could have had anybody, rider. Right? any top-ten jockey in the country. I, this is a good one, too, though. Like, Curlin was offered to a couple of jocks also before. I was, I was the third one for Curlin. I think he offered to Gary Gomez, Johnny Velasquez, and they were committed somewhere else. So I rode Curlin his first start, second start, first time in a stake race, though in uh, Oakland park and that's how that happened so right place at the right time
0: absolutely wonderful story and so glad we all got to be a part of it just quickly you you said um the trainer not giving that many instructions that gives you confidence do you prefer it that way that they just don't tell you that much on how they want their horse ridden
1: well i mean he's 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 confident in me that i'm going to make the, the right decisions like um uh, and Steve would tell me, like, oh, he went to like he's he's one time I rode in the jockey club gold cup first year, it was against lawyer Ron. I mean, good horses. And he says, you know, our goal is the next one, the bridge cup, plan. do what you do what you think you need to do for the next one, like, you know, don't kill him to, to do something or don't overdo it, don't do it. Do, and that there alone just gives you so much confidence, like, he's dependent on you to, to make sure he gets to the next race in the perfect form and everything. But he's a trainer, but. So that day like and, and Kenny, Kenny did give me any instructions. Like, I would like to see her 12, go 12, 12, and I know she's gonna come home. And I watched all her videos over and over, all her previous races, and and at every point in the race and she asked the times and everything, and she asked she'd done it and how easy she done it, was she doing easy, was she doing it hard? So I, I had everything I had a lot stored for the week and then once we break out the gates it like unfolds like you like you wanted to, and then well this is good. This is, well this is good. I got in there and got to take all of it, this is even better. Like, and then you get to the point that man, she might win. Like I never doubted she couldn't win, but like I can't believe she's gonna win. And then the then across the wire, like, she did it. First thing Kenny told me back, he says, "We did it. We did it. Can you believe we did it?" I'm like, "Yeah." I felt like we did it. We did it. It was a whole team effort.
0: Well, in a way, your journey with her has only just started. So I'm I'm very excited to see you guys. Uh, doing it again on the big stage at the Breeders' Cup and, and hopefully maybe next year also there, there's been a lot of fillies and mares have kept in training for longer so uh, Kenny if you're listening Peter Callaghan if you're listening we'd all love to see her for just a little bit longer you know like enjoy her talent for a little bit further wouldn't you agree I
1: think I, I'm all for it you know me she's as long as she's healthy as long as she's healthy I would love to sit on her back the sky's little bit with her you know like Sky's the limit. Don't tell them what she can accomplish as an older filly. If she gets any more mature, I don't know. I don't know. So it's scary what she can do. She could probably run the grass. She could probably go to uh, go to Europe and run out there. I mean, she could do anything. She's already she's already died so valuable. if She never runs again. So there's there's no there's, there won't be any losses whatever she does. In defeat. Do you, there's no loss in her defeats if she has any.
0: Absolutely not. Do you think we've seen the best of her yet?
1: I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, because the way she comes back after the race, and she was the next morning, like, I mean, she she holds weight really good. It's like, you know, that's rare. She's a, she's a rare, she's a throwback horse. Like the old days when they could run them 13, 14 times a year. She travels well. She goes from West Coast to East Coast to the Midwest, and she does handles it with professionalism. So uh, no telling what she, done, what she can do. I mean, best, well, with all this following she has now, I'm sure, like, and Peter's, Peter's a large racing guy, so he's enough. i I'm sure Peter may want to keep around next year. I hope they do.
0: I really hope so too. Robbie, I know that you have other engagements, so I'm going to let you go. And thank you so much for all the insight that you've given us all. And it was a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks. It's been fun working with you guys too. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much to Robbie for generously taking the time to sit with me. And of course, the Inner Money Media team in Peter Thomas Fornatale, Jonathan Kinchin and Drew Coatney. With a team like that behind you, everyone would be flying on a high, no matter what they're doing. And tune in to the Daily Digest that is provided by Nick Luck from the UK. I'm still trying to sound like him. Miserably failing, but still one of the best broadcasters I've ever had the pleasure to work with. Matt Bernier's expert insight into the races. I still don't know how he does it. I mean, the angles he finds are incredible. And of course, Spencer with his show Redboard Rewind. I even got the chance to appear this week. So much fun. Although it was a little odd for me to talk about the race as if it hadn't happened yet which is obviously normal for me before the race. But then, you know, I definitely slipped in the result before I was supposed to a couple of times. So credit to you, Spencer, for good editing. That's it for this week, everyone. Catch me on the Laurel Park Samulcast feed as of today, Thursday, the day that this podcast comes out, four days a week. This Friday is Virginia Stakes Day. And two weeks later, we have the Maryland Million, which remains one of the local highlights of the year. In between, I will be uh, in New Mexico, meeting the family of my boyfriend. Not scary at all. There you go. First time I've really shared something personal with the listeners. I'm not sure you care, but it's definitely a trip I'm looking forward to. They even have a, a race course in Albuquerque. I have to go and visit and make everyone a bit of money that's the plan anyway I'm going to drag the whole family to the race course chat with you all soon in the meantime reach out to me I will always get back to you even if it's with a slight delay as I'm a little inundated at present but I love 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 hearing from racing enthusiasts catch you next week most likely recording from a different state